This is the Infinite Flow Show. The Infinite Flow Show. The Infinite Flow Show. The Infinite Flow Show. Where hip hop, the gospel, and sports intersect. Do you have a relationship to God? Or would you say, well, I'm just not sure where I am in my relationship? Let me put it this way. If you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, Welcome you have no forever. spiritual life. Forever. Welcome to Forever. Forever. Black Friday. Welcome to Forever. Of music pollution, polluting the youth, and here's the solution. We're using the music to move Christ's movement. Doubt us to believe. I'm a television like a TV receiver. Can't take the credit from the master, no visa. The world needs a leader, but that ain't me either. Okay, I can lead you, lead you to Jesus. Hope you receive this. If not, I leave this seed for the planting. No millions and mansions, that ain't why I do this. Walking like Jesus, waiting on my Judas. Billy Jean backslide, moonwalking, trying to be a star, that's how you fall, cause your eyes ain't on the sun, it's so bright when you in the dark, with that mic I give my heart, like a donor over organs, as the Lord fill my cup, when it's over and he keep pouring, he opened up a window, I'm just trying to bring the pour in, he say we too radical, we'll open up a door then, if not we coming through like bruh man, tell him stop sitting on the racks like an oven pan, the world need healing and we know the doctor, we got everything they need like Gavin and Proctor, so why the workers so few? The harvest so plenty, what kind of worker are you? Are you talking about the problem, no solution in your action? Are you sitting in the pew, Sunday showing your fashion sense? Collection in the plate, you just passing cents and dollars while you preach a holler. And that young man was told he couldn't sit in the front row, reserved for those wearing a clergy collar. Man, this is not talking down the church. This is unemployment because we all need work. Let the words marinate if you feel they relate. Situation and come and get you a plate. Yeah. This here soul food mixed in with whole foods. Yeah. No milk, this here meat, no tofu. Yeah. Life taking the toll, we ain't pass a toll booth. Nah. No easy pass, no fast way to go through. Christ took the long road to the cross to show you. Show me, he could have rose in one, but chose three. Woo. We could have paid the price for our sin, he chose free. That paid, free from the burden that dead made. Out yeah. the box, cause he reigns like a wet fade. Call him Abba. Yeah. Catch that bar like a bad spot. The world can't take it like a bad drop. When I tell them it's more life than doing your pop. Drop bars on them, pull out the cars on them. With the top back, flashing my racks, play hard on them. But I drop guard on them, expose my scars on them. Show them that 180 and tell them it's God's doing. My hand got re-dealt, all of my cards ruined. I fold it, no poker face, my cards doing. 
no bluff. No longer dealing around with that healer, gotta testify. Call me a squealer, but nothing realer than killers who get life. Spare yours, that's paying it for it. Not life behind bars, but abundantly more than just ceiling to the floor being your limit. Looking way past that to the sky, yeah, I'm in it. Looking way past that, I'm out of space in a minute. Infinite faith, speaking out of faith, so I'm in it. Haters, they resenting in my prayers, they get mentioned. They say my flow dope, you can call this the intervention. My pride is on low, the humility on high. Cause my integrity is something you can't buy. And sin is like crack, it's something you can't try. Get hooked like bait, no hook, going straight in. Bars like the state pen, I lead them to Penn State, all off of what my pen make. Man, that's great, you can't celebrate. Man, that's hate, tell the devil he too late. You can't make me turn back, no crook in my neck. Only front, no back, dope. God got my back like a vertebrae, backstroke. In that living water, doing laps, Michael Phelps. I ain't got a backslide, I can tell you how Michael felt. Moonwalking on my issues, talking like I got a pistol. So bold, so cold with the flow, but no tissue for my nose. But it's sick what you expect when you got God. This is what you get. Yeah, I'm bragging on him. We ain't hitting you guys, no time. I'm jet lagging on him. His pants still sagging on him. Blue and red flagging on him. And you 30 plus, I'm just saying. Just playing. No, I ain't. Just stop. No, I can't. More lines than a DMV. Pour me in the house like a B&E. Feet on your couch trying to bring you out your misery. <laughs> You're not trying to be anyone else Woke up on the right side of the mattress Feeling better than average, I can tell you I woke up this morning feeling this euphoria Feeling so good Can't even explain the story, no But it's all good yeah. I've never been so sure I know that I love this That I love this What I've been looking for Gotta have you yeah. We gon' dance all night here Be alright, you're the only one I'm just saying I'm all good Yeah I'm all good yeah, All good Yeah 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 Don't you wanna roll with me? All good over here that's how it's supposed to be uh, I stay with the AT Same ghost, the same dream Yeah And what it's supposed to be Everything good I'm where I'm supposed to be uh, And he got that master key Wanna be close so I can see all of a sudden, everything became so clear. Everything I needed was right here, before me. Trouble yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's no break. It's Angelo. I've been knocking at the door to your heart like a goody go goody go go Expose you to new things that you don't know and separate you from the enemy's chokehold. I break you down, down, down. Every single strong I pull it down. I'ma set you free from the chains that be holding you back. It separate you from the tyranny that be making you slack because we fire rockers surround ya. You no go fear cause I could tear you round ya. I'ma help you walk in boldness and soundness of mind. Shower you with the love and the grace so divine and so amazing. Put your trust in me, we'll have a place cause it never come probably like a lion to kill and to destroy your substance. But I come to give you life in abundance. Cause in a matter where you come from, what matters is where you're going to. It's 
not about what I've done before, but what you're gonna do. See, I just didn't tell you that. Open the door to your heart, make a head. I'll make you brand new if you open the door to your heart, make a head. Knocking at the door to your heart like Coco di Coco di Coco Expose you to new things that you don't know And separate you from the enemy's chokehold Take my yoke upon you for it is like to Learn from me with your power I might don't lean on your wisdom But trust in my grace that is more than enough To sustain you in faith so you can move mountains Put your trust in me, there's no doubting If my word is a life-giving fountain That never runs dry I am the living God, I'm not a man that I should lie So amazing, but Trust in me, we left a place Cause it never come rowing like a lion To kill it, to destroy your substance But I come to give you life in abundance, yes Cause it no matter where you come from What matters is where you're going to It's not about what you've done before But what you're gonna do See, I just didn't tell you that Open the door to your heart, make a head I'll make you brand new If you open the door to your heart, make a head Don't let the devil get a hold. Pray to the Lord to save your soul. Don't let the devil get a hold. I am his story. Pray to the Lord to save your soul. Free temptation, 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 run. Don't let the devil get a hold, God, your soul, God, you know I be fighting these temptations like David Ruffin is nothing I'm overcoming my lust and the devil roaring, he bluffing Chill, coming, hear me, God is me I be on my boldness, bold as David, tell him, hold this I don't need your armor on with just a slingshot in my rock on blocks Where guns go pop, cops go blocks, tensions high so bodies drop We there, left them walls cause the harvest cold and a few won't stop the care Man, man, that right there's a shame For where I came, I slung that cane But he is able, he was slain He came, he died, he rose, he reigned I survived, he broke my chains Gave me life and hope it came I just hope to do the same Use his quotes and spread his name Use my throat to spread his fame Give him hope instead of flame Give him rope instead of pain Reach back and pull him from corners I'm on it, this ain't a game My warning remains the same I'm yelling, running, free your game Man, man, man Man, one time for the dream Two times for the team, and all the time for the game, and all the time for the game. One time for the dream, I'm fired up. Two times for the team, I'm fired up, yeah. All the time for the game, I'm fired up, yeah. I'm fired up, huh? Hold up, we dream hard. Block moves, been with a squad. I ain't got no greatest hits, but I'm making hits. Just all I love God. I be getting that advice. Yeah, I take it to the heart, bro. Yeah, I'm finding my start, bro. I'm on a roll, Paul Clark, whoa. Weak town at Arco. Bronze of Georgia, my city. Been through the heart of way like Benny. Since the beginning, my homies been with me. Yeah, Steph Curry on splash mode. This Chris Ovey on rap mode. We can change that narrative. Show Baraka with that quote. Going hard in the studio. Got the juice like me. Lady E, when I'm on the beat, got more sauce than a real plate. All these little things, throwing 
darts on my brain. Uh, Holy Spirit, turn me around. You been switching up my frame. Flow so cold, get your tongue stuck on it. Got an iceberg flow, got a freeze all on it. Got blast this track, I sneeze all on it. Hit threes all on it, got a team all on it. Elevators like Jerry Manning, curated culture, feel like Atlanta. Change the game, man, we turn the channel. We got like We hope you enjoyed the music mix. Now we have a gospel message by Pastor Merritt Robinson. Well, today we're in Revelation chapter 9, and the title of the message is The Fifth and Sixth Trumpet Are Sounded, Woe to Those Who Are Ungodly. Well, as we get here to Revelation chapter 9, we're going to see one of the angels in the vision of John has a trumpet, and the trumpet is to be blown 
And with the blowing of these trumpets, there come or there comes the judgment of God. And so when we start here in Revelation chapter nine, verse one, note what it says. And then the fifth angel blew his trumpet and I saw a star that had fallen from heaven to earth. And he was given the key to the shaft of the bottomless pit. Let me stop there. So here, as we begin this this ninth chapter, we see that there is this angel who is blowing a trumpet. And John indicates that he sees a star and the star is fallen from heaven and he was given. And it seems that the star was given a key to the bottomless pit. It's interesting as we if we go back and look at the time frame where Jesus is given or has provided the scroll from the hand of the father and he opens up the seals on the scroll and with each and every seal that is opened up, there is this cataclysmic judgment that happens upon the earth. If you go back previously in the book of Revelation and when Jesus opens the fifth seal, it indicates that when he did, he saw under the altars, this speaking of John, he saw under the altar, the souls of those who had been slaughtered for the word of God and for their testimony they had given. And they cried out with a loud voice, sovereign Lord, holy and true. How long will it be before you judge and avenge our blood on the inhabitants of the earth? And they were each given a white robe and told to rest a little longer. That's found in Revelation chapter six, verse nine. Well, as you get here to Revelation nine, you're actually seeing the fulfillment of that judgment as the the souls who have been martyred, those who were saints, followers of God, who have been martyred because of their faith, they were crying out, how long is it going to be before you judge those who have killed us? Well, now we're getting to see this judgment here in Revelation chapter 9. It is a demonstration of God's judgment upon the ungodly based upon the visions that we see here um, or that are being revealed to us by John. But again, let me go back and indicate what is stated here. The angel blows a trumpet and a star from heaven falls. Now, the star from heaven, which falls to the earth, what do you notice about this star? How is it different from the star Wormwood, which was noted previously in chapter eight? Well, it appears that this star noted in chapter nine seems to have a personality. Note, he was given the key to the shaft while the star Wormwood, it just caused distress and bitterness, but it seemed to be more like a meteor or asteroid. But this star, which falls from heaven, it seems to have a personality and from a, uh, hermeneutical standpoint or interpretive standpoint, many folks believe that the star that fell from heaven was actually Satan. If you go back into Luke chapter 10, verse 8, 18, it indicates this. I watched Satan fall from heaven like a flash of lightning. And so it seems that Satan, who was in the presence of the Lord or had the opportunity to be in the presence of the Lord, was removed 
from heaven and no longer had access to the throne room of God. And so therefore, in Luke chapter 10, verse 18, and here we see that Satan is in in essence kicked out of, he is expelled from heaven, but he has provided a key to this bottomless pit. And it should be noted that it would be God who would give Satan the access or the key to the shaft of this pit. Now, the one thing to keep in mind, think about what we're reading here in Revelation chapter 9, and it's going to be a little time before we get to Revelation chapter 20, but you'll note the differences between what is stated here and in Revelation chapter 20. I'm not going to give it away yet. But so Satan has these these keys. Now, it again, it's believed that it is God who provides these keys. Note this. Jesus said, I am the first and the last. I'm the living one. I was dead and behold, I am alive forever and ever. And what does he say? I am the one who hold the keys of death and Hades. Jesus holds the keys and, and in essence, he is in control of all things, even the activity of Satan. Even though there is great chaos in this vision of John's, God is the one who was orchestrating the events. If I take you back into the Old Testament and we think about the book of Job, it seems as though Job is under attack and Satan is is having his way with him. But if you read behind the story itself, you see that it is God who is in control of all the activities of Satan. Satan has to gain permission before he can do anything. And what I would say is this, even though the world that we live in right now seems to be chaotic, it seems like there is no um, control um, that is exuded by the Lord himself. God is still sovereign. God is still in control. He is still King of Kings and Lord of Lords. There's nothing that happens here within the earthly realm that he does not have his finger upon. And so it is God who holds the keys. Now you might say, why would Jesus provide Satan with the keys to this bottomless pit? And I would say this, it appears that God is going to utilize just as God utilized Satan when it came to Job and his life. God utilizes certain things so that he can grab the attention of his people so that he can grab the attention of his creation. And it appears that God is going to utilize Satan to punish those who are ungodly. But then we go on at verse two and note what it says. And he, speaking of Satan, he opened the shaft of the bottomless pit and from the shaft rose smoke like the smoke of a great furnace and the sun and the air were darkened with the smoke from the shaft. And so Satan seems to unlock this bottomless pit. Smoke rises from the pit and it even blocks the sun and darkens the air. This is similar to what we saw in Revelation chapter 6 after the fifth seal. Note, in chapter 6 it said this, when he, speaking of Jesus, opened the sixth seal, I looked and there came a great earthquake and the sun became black as sackcloth 
the full moon became like blood. And so as we are reading through these, these chapters and we're reading about the opening of the seals, the blowing of the trumpets, the pouring out of the bowls, we're seeing the judgment of God, but it seems that there is, are these cataclysmic events that are happening upon the earth. And these, these cataclysmic events are the result of God pouring out his judgment for the un, unrighteousness and the wickedness of those who are non-believers. But then we go on at verse three and note what it says at verse three of Revelation chapter nine. Then from the smoke came locusts on the earth and they were given authority like the authority of scorpions of the earth. They were told not to damage the grass of the earth or any green growth or any tree, but only those people who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. And so from this shaft of this pit, it comes out or there seems to come out locusts upon the earth. Now, one of the things that we have to realize and we have to make sure that we understand how to interpret this type of literature. This literature that we are reading here in Revelation chapter nine is what we call apocalyptic. And when it comes to apocalyptic literature, oftentimes people want to read it literally, but you can't read apocalyptic literature in that format or manner. You have to look at it and look at it from the standpoint of it is symbolic or figurative language. And what it is indicating is it's giving us a picture of something that is a reality. And so I don't necessarily think there are actual locusts, but who do we know that Satan controls? He controls demons. He is the Lord of demonic activity. And so these locusts that John speaks about, I think they are actually demonic or demons who have been released. And again, they are serving a purpose that God wants them to serve because again, he is in control of all things. And so as John paints this picture, he talks about these locusts that came upon the earth and they were given authority. What do we know about locusts and what they do? They typically swarm, they eat, they destroy everything. What does the Bible say about Satan? The enemy comes but to what? Kill, steal, and destroy. And so what I believe is happening here is this, that Satan is kicked out of heaven. He's been given the keys to the shaft of this bottomless pit. And he opens the bottomless pit to release these demons so that they can fulfill what God wants them to do. But again, they have to have the permission of God. And who is it that they are attacking? Note, they go out and attack those who have what? Or do not have. Those who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. They are given permission to attack those who are not in relationship with God. See, God has called out and said, Touch those who are ungodly. But no, he doesn't give them the opportunity to touch those who are godly. 
If you go back to Revelation chapter 7, note what uh, the Apostle John says. And God, he called with a loud voice to the four angels who had been given power to damage the earth and sea, saying, do not damage the earth or the sea or the trees until we have done what? Until we have marked the servants of our God with a seal on their foreheads. And so it appears that God is protecting those who are his, who are there on the earth, but he is allowing judgment upon those who are ungodly. And so the sealed are the people of God and the non-sealed are the ungodly. And therefore, what it appears to be happening here is this, that the ungodly upon the earth, they will face torture. They will face judgment from these locusts or demons who are ruled by Satan. But then it goes on at verse five and note what it says. And they were allowed to torture them for five months, but not to kill them. And their torture was like the torture of a scorpion when it stings someone. Now, you think about a scorpion. I've never been bitten by a scorpion. I've seen scorpions. But the sting of a scorpion is painful. It 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 provides agony. I mean, some of the symptoms when you talk about scorpion bites, muscle twitching, unusual headaches, neck and eye eye movements, rapid neck and eye movements, drooling, sweating, vomiting, accelerated heart rate. And the stings cause immediate pain and burning. And so when you think about the analogy here, of a scorpion, a scorpion with its sting, it is, it brings pain and agony. Well, these demons, as they're going out and they are torturing those who are ungodly, it's bringing pain and agony to them. See, the ungodly might have lived lives of fame and fortune and happiness and peace, but When the judgment of God comes, there is no happiness. There is no peace. There is no joy. There's going to be sorrow. And sorrow, I think, in two fronts. Sorrow from the standpoint of this, that you'll realize that you had an opportunity to turn unto the Lord Jesus Christ and you rejected him. But then the second point is this. That with judgment, it identifies how you are going to be separated from God and his very presence. See, God, I remember a friend of mine used to tell me this all the time, that the best place that we can be is in the center of God's will. That's where peace and joy and happiness reside as we sit within the will of the Lord. Now, there's going to be times where there's heartache and pain and difficulties, but our peace and our happiness and our joy comes from a relationship with Christ and Jesus Christ alone. There's nothing else that really brings that type of peace that fills that void. You can try to fill it with, with money and fame and uh, sexual conquest and, and alcohol and drugs. You can try to fill it, but it leaves you empty. There is a sorrow there that cannot be filled with those things. But our relationship with the Lord, that brings our ultimate joy. 
And so imagine these individuals who are being tortured and thinking about, I rejected the Lord Jesus Christ. I had an opportunity and I will never, ever have the opportunity to be in his presence because of the hardness of my heart. Verse six. And in those days, people will seek death, but will not find it. They will long to die, but death will flee from them. They will want to die, and yet they will not be able to die. Think about how much, how dreadful that is. Think about that. If you go back and think about the, when Jesus opened the sixth seal, it says this, when he opened the sixth seal, I looked and there came a great earthquake. The sun became black as sackcloth. The full moon became like blood. The stars of the sky fell to the earth as the fig tree drops its winter fruit when shaken by a gale. The sky vanished like a scroll rolling itself up and every mountain and island was removed from its place. Then the kings of the earth and the magnates and the generals and the rich and the powerful and everyone, slave and free, what did they do? They hid themselves in caves and among the rocks of the mountains, calling to the mountains and rocks saying, Fall on us, hide us from the face of the one seated on the throne and from the wrath of the lamb for the great day of their wrath has come and who will be able to stand? Who will be able to stand? That's found in Revelation chapter six. Who will be able to stand? No one. When God's judgment comes upon the ungodly, they will desire to die, but death will flee from them and they won't be able to stand. Verse seven, in appearance, the locusts were like horses equipped for battle on their heads were what looked like crowns of gold. Their faces were like human faces, their hair like women's hair, and their teeth like lion's teeth. They had scales like iron breastplates, and the noise of their wings was like the noise of many chariots with horses rushing into battle. Verse 10, And they have tails like scorpions with stingers, and their tails in their power, and I'm sorry, and in their tails is their power to harm people for five months. Verse 11, and they do have a king over them, the angel of the bottomless pit. His name in Hebrew is Abaddon. And in the Greek, he is called Apollyon. The first woe has passed and there are still two woes to come. At this point, John gets very descriptive. He gives us a, a really deep, detailed description of these locusts. First thing he says is that these locusts are like soldiers prepared for battle to destroy and conquer. One of the things that we know about these, these scorpions is this, that they have crowns and these crowns, whenever you see crowns, especially here in the book of Revelation, it, it represents victory. If you go back to Revelation chapter four, you can, you can see that analogy. The human faces, they represent intelligence. They're hair like women and teeth like lions. It, it's such a contrast because women are typically seen as beautiful, soft and compassionate while lions are vicious and aggressive. And so you see the contrast there in the description. These locusts have hair like women, yet they have teeth like lions. And so these locusts give off the appearance of being beautiful, but they are focused upon destruction and harm. 
It, it's interesting. The Bible talks about Satan. He he comes across as this angel of light, an angel of beauty, something that you would be attracted to. And yet behind the scenes there, there is danger. Again, the enemy comes but to kill, steal and destroy. It can be dressed up as beautiful as you want. But ultimately, the goal is to destroy. We also note that these locusts have breastplates, chariots, and horses remind us of a soldier or an army. And what are their orders? Well, again, their orders are this. They are to harm those who are not sealed, the ungodly, for five Months. Can you imagine that? And see, these locusts seem to be demonic beings, as I stated previously, who carry out the punishment of God. They're, they're, again, they're not literally locusts. We have to make sure that we understand the writing here. John is giving us a figurative thought here. He's given us a symbolic idea. He's not talking about a literal locust. And here's the thing. Who is their king? Well, their king is Satan. Their king is Satan. And so it seems to me that as we're reading through this, we need to understand what we're talking about here. It seems that God has excluded or um, kicked Satan out of his presence out of the throne room of God. He has cast him down to the earth. He has given Satan the keys to the shaft of this bottomless pit. And he is utilizing him for his benefit so that he can go out and then punish those who are ungodly. Yes, sir. Yes, sis. If you can hear through hip hop, then hear this. Here it is, fresh off the presses, here to lift souls and clear all depression. Cause I know what it's like when the sun's all shining, but your soul feels night. Feels like you're caught under gloom's dark presence with a little light shining like the moon's sharp crescent. How many days going by when I said I was going to win and I ain't even try? I wake up at half court, the day is half gone, time left on the board is mad short. Rushing my shots, I hurry out the door, I don't pray, I don't take my worries to the Lord. How much time does it take to run the floor? Get the stopwatch, or maybe I should stop and watch the Lord. Welcome to the Infinite Flow Sports segment. Well, the NFL is back. The NFL season has kicked off. We had the very first game this past week with New England and Kansas City. The Chiefs showed some pretty good offense um, this past week as they uh, ran up to score on the uh, New England Patriots. Tom Brady really struggled. Um, seems like just to get the offense rolling for the New England Patriots. But today, today being Sunday, that is, um, we've had all kinds of games. First thing at first, my Raiders, they beat the uh, Tennessee Titans. So go Raider Nation. Um, we've had a bunch of other games that have uh, gone on. Uh, currently, we've got the Sunday night game going uh, between New, um, I'm sorry, New York Giants and the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Zeke Elliott is playing. And so NFL is back in full effect at this point. Now, one of the things that has been going on 
from a controversial standpoint for the last year or so is this whole Colin Kaepernick thing. And let's just be really, really clear about this. I don't think anybody, if, if you look at this realistically, there's no one who can truly say that Colin Kaepernick does not deserve or I shouldn't say deserve that cannot be seen on an NFL team. He has more than enough talent. You know, think about the guys who are on teams right now. Think about Brock Osweiler, um, Mike Glennon, Tom Savage, Ryan Mallett, guys who have not proven anything in this league, and yet they are on um, you know, NFL teams, they're, they're on rosters at this point. And you can't tell me that Colin Kaepernick is not better than two-thirds of the guys who are on rosters at this point. But, you know, it, it shows you because of the stance that he took. And, that, and, and I think that's what people need to just be honest. Just be honest and say, yes, it's the stance that you took. That's why you're not on a team. And unfortunately, in the society that we live in, race is still a, you know, very controversial thing. No one wants to talk about race. No one wants to address issues, racial issues. No one wants to talk about the past. You know, everyone wants to, well, let's leave that in the past. But, you know, honestly, you can't just leave it in the past because the ramifications of the past have impact on today. So, at 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 the end of the day, Colin Kaepernick isn't on a team because he kneeled, you know, when the national anthem was being sung. He took a stance. He talked about p- police brutality. He talked about race and and how police officers have um, allowed and and it's been really cascaded throughout history in regards to you know, some of the inequalities when it comes to police officers and people of color. And he's paying a price for it, um, obviously, because, it, it, you know, let me just kind of run down a list. Scott Tolzien. How many people know who Scott Tolzien is anyway? He started for the Indianapolis Colts. He got pulled today because he was so bad by the Rams. By the way, the Rams ran up the score on the Colts today. I think the Colts scored three points, six points. I don't even know how many points they scored, but they pulled him and then brought in uh, Jacoby Brissett, who they just picked up from the New England Patriots, who didn't even, from my understanding, doesn't even know the playbook yet. And you're telling me that those two guys are better than Colin Kaepernick. A guy who has a career 60% completion rate, who has 72 touchdowns to 30 interceptions. So he's more, way better than two to, two to one. He, his, uh, career record, not spectacular, but 28 wins, 30 losses. He's gone to two NFC championship games. He's gone to the Super Bowl. And by the way, in the Super Bowl that he played in against the Baltimore Ravens, he balled out 302 yards passing. He had a touchdown. He ran for 62 yards with another rushing touchdown. So you can't tell me that the kid can't play. We know Colin, Colin Kaepernick can play. But you're saying that, you know, Scott Tolzien and Tom Savage and Sean Mannion and Brock Osweiler is, are is better than Colin Kaepernick? I, I just heard a story the other day. Ryan Mallett, who's the backup quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens, and I don't know if it was a preseason game. I don't know if it was practice, but he threw five picks 
And finally, uh, Terrell Suggs, defensive end for uh, for the Baltimore Ravens, he told one of the coaches, "Tell him to throw it to the to the guys in the other colored jerseys." <laughs> I mean, I mean. So anyway, and the the whole Ray Lewis and and Colin Kaepernick and the Baltimore Ravens that that's just a mess. But um, unfortunately. For Colin, it, it 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 appears it just appears that he's not going to get a shot this year, which I personally feel is is unfortunate. There are many people out there who say, "Well, th- that's what he deserves." You know, he he uh, disrespected the flag and and etc. I mean, you can have your opinion, but um, the guy obviously has demonstrated that he can play. Um, he's just not going to get an opportunity. It appears like. Uh, for this uh, 2017 season, unfortunately. Um, I want to kind of move on to something else. Just, uh, And I've noticed this a lot in sports, and I don't, I, I know guys talk. I, when I played college football, I went to Rice University, played college football. You hear, I mean, on the football field, guys are going to talk. It, it's just part of the game. I'm sure on the basketball court, and if you've ever played pickup, guys are going to talk smack and talk trash. And but it seems that we've kind of taken that and we've elevated it to another level, where we want to just disrespect people. Um, we want to um, take it to a level where we taunt them and demean people. I I just saw the other day, um, yesterday, matter of fact. Uh, Oklahoma, the Sooners, they went up and they played at the shoe up in uh, Columbus, Ohio, against Ohio State. And I guess supposedly last year when Ohio State went down to Norman, Oklahoma to play Oklahoma, after Ohio State won, they went and planted the OSU flag in the middle of the field. Now, to me, that's disrespectful. You've already beat them. You've already demonstrated that you were the better team on that day. What else do you need to do? What else do you need to say? You don't need to go and try to demean somebody at their home. Well, Oklahoma goes up to Columbus and they waxed Ohio State. And so what do they do? Retribution. And so Baker Mayfield, the starting quarterback for the Oklahoma Sooners, he takes the OU flag and he's waving it and then plants it right in the middle of the field. Now, first and foremost, my thought is, why do you even need to demean them? You've already beat them. Secondly, why do you have to do something to one-up them? Why do you even have to you know, in essence, go down to their level. You could easily have said, you know what? Hey, we won. Let's take it off the field and let's go celebrate in the locker with each other versus trying to demean somebody and really do something to get back at them for last year. You know, it to me, it's it's called, you know, uh, winning with class having a bit of class about who you are, how you carry yourself, and what your program is about. It's not about, hey, you did this to me, and therefore I'm going to do it to you. I'm going to one-up you. I'm going to get back at you. That's kid stuff. From my perspective, it is. And so we have stuff like that. I, I was just watching a game earlier, the Giants and Dallas, and, you know, right away, you know, 
uh, Janoris Jenkins, who's a cornerback for the uh, New York Giants, he's one-on-one with Des Bryant and covers him well, balls overthrown, and Des Bryant, you know, doesn't catch it. And what happens? Smack talking, you know, you know, and trying to taunt each other. And again, I get it. Talking is part of the game. You got, you're going to have guys who, because at that level, how competitive it is, you guys are going to have, you're going to have guys who say, I'm better than you. You can't cover me. You can't catch a ball on me. Those types of things. But all of the taunting is just getting to be, you know, ridiculous. You know, standing over guys, it, it, you know, to me, when you hit somebody, Hey, you know it's a good hit. You don't have to you don't have to stand over them like you're Superman and taunt them. And so here's what I would say. Let's start teaching these younger kids, instead of the younger kids watching the NFL and the college guys do all this idiotic crazy stuff. I'm hoping that the parents and the coaches who coach kids in Little League Baseball and Pop Warner, Junior All-American, who who coach these kids in travel ball when it comes to basketball, teach the kids some respect, how to carry themselves on and off the court. It will go a long way in the future. Instead of being arrogant and trying to demean people and be disrespectful, teach the kids what it means to be a good sport, what it means to have good sportsmanship, what it means to be a person of high character and quality, what it means to be respectful to the game and your opponents. That's what we should be teaching these kids. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping that those who are listening, and especially if you're a coach, you're taking that and then you're translating that to your kids. With that said, hope you guys have a blessed week. And this is uh, Merritt Robinson out for Infinite Flow Sports. Mm-hmm.